Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they're there to depress or to enjoy, from I know to just a toy, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Graffiti is art. However, graffiti as an act of vandalism is a crime. Every state slash province has vandalism laws that apply to graffiti, and local entities such as cities and counties have anti-graffiti ordinances. Violation of these laws can result in a fine, probation, or a jail sentence. My co-host, Evan, does not condone the real-life act of vandalism in any form. He looks whack, but he's compact <laughs> and works like brand new. It's my co-host, What a goofball. What a goofball. Ev, do you condone the real-life act of vandalism in any form? Um... Well, again, context, context dependent, right? <laughs> sure. If it's uh, you know a bunch of BLM protesters vandalizing no, no, BNL. a You're BNL, pro- BNL protesters vandalizing, <laughs> um, trying to think of who, what what band would be BNL's enemy? I think in the past we've said Smash Mouth Smash many Mouth. times. Yeah, vandalizing, vandalizing Smash Mouths like. I don't think you could vandalize Smash Mouth, though. Like <laughs> They've already sunk so yeah, they're low. Just, they're just like, <laughs> it's like kicking in the door to his, like, you know, roadster or something, where he's just like, it's like when you... <laughs> I imagine the lead singer from Smash Mouth is like one of those, like, traveling Santa Claus guys. Like, you know, like, they work a couple times a year, and they get <laughs> they make money during that time, but for the sure. rest of the fucking year, they're just a fucking burly, just a big old guy with a burly white beard. Like I, Steve Harwell is constantly writing, rewriting, reinventing. He's a renaissance man. I think you're you're really doing him a disservice. Like his future works. ex-wife. Like his future, which is a good-ass song. Yeah, I mean, Magic had some, I wouldn't say Magic had any bangers on it, but it definitely had songs that weren't offensive to me it's that's fun that's fun i i truly do and we've talked about doing mouth sounds the smash mouth podcast many times (laughs) on this podcast but i feel like they have almost the exact same trajectory as bnl where like i mean i'm sure a lot of bands are like this where their first few albums are like holy shit these are bangers like fushu man and and Mm -hmm. all those are like great just fushu man isn't the second one really good too am i am i am i wrong on that I mean, what is it like? I, I'm trying to remember all their hits, and I think they're all uh-huh. from Fushu Man. Like the only hits they had, no, after, really. Fushu Man only has "Walking on the Sun" and the "Why Can't We Be Friends" cover. Oh wow, they don't have a okay. You're, you're thinking Astro Lounge. Yes, that's the one that I'm thinking of. All Star, then the morning comes. Can't get enough of you, baby. Like all the good ones, yeah. And then the third album, Smash Mouth. Of course, has I'm a Believer from the Shrek soundtrack on it. And Pacific Coast Party, which rules. Which our friend George, who does not listen to the podcast and will never hear, uh, sings at karaoke all the time. He loves Pacific Coast Party. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess they had similar trajectories to BNL. But yeah. Smash Mouth fell so much farther. <laughs> it's, it's so much quicker. I feel like the fourth album is just off the fucking rails. Like, just bad immediately. Uh, another Neil Diamond cover. Uh, a song called Seventh Grade Dance. Um, just all sorts of. They have a song with George Clinton on their fourth album. That's so wow. bizarre. Wow. 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 <laughs> Amazing. But speaking of the act of uh, vandalism and graffiti, I feel like the act of vandalism, graffiti in particular, um, is for me a lot like cultural appropriation, where if mm. they do a good job, I have no mm. problem with it. Sure, but, sure. You know, like. If someone does something beautiful, then yeah, absolutely. Or if somebody has some, uh, um, you know, some kerning and typographical skill, I don't know, like a good handwriting or yeah. something like that, I'll appreciate that. But if someone's just like spraying spray paint and scrawling, 
Like I don't, I don't really, I don't think that necessarily needs, I, I might oppose that, I guess. And again, all context based. Sure. Sure. And it also depends on, I mean, if somebody did, if somebody did a beautiful piece of graffiti to the side of your house, how would you, is that a, is that a yes or a no? Good. Uh, if it's beautiful and like fits within my like sensibilities, hell yeah. Sure. It's beautiful, but it's over like your son's window. And, oh yeah. Like... That, okay. Yeah. But it can't be over like windows and shit. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I take, I take it off the windows because you know, I, I love windows and I love to be able to see outside. So sure, 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 sure. I feel bad, but there, yeah, my, like if they want to do it on my garage door or like, I mean, I don't have a lot of, my house isn't huge, so it doesn't yeah. have a lot of space. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They could do it on my roof. So all the passing planes could see it. That's, and you would never know. Yeah, somebody <laughs> somebody snuck up on my roof. <laughs> you would never ever see it. It's yeah. it's your blind yeah. spot. You so yeah, that sort that sort of stuff is fine. You know, be, there's like graffiti walls and things like that. And you know, if some like uh, if Banksy wants to come and like spray paint some shit, then I'm sure. down with that. But if like you know, if somebody were to like I don't know spray paint like a swastika across my son's window, <laughs> I would feel very very justified in trying to remove that for sure. Yeah. So but again, hundred percent context <laughs> yes. with graffiti. Well, I mean, the swastika is a symbol, is a Germanic symbol that goes back farther than the Nazis. Sure. And like a lot of things, I feel like, I really wish white supremacists That's, would stop taking cool shit. Yeah, the manji. But the, and then they try to use that to justify like having a swastika tattoo. Like, this is actually a Japanese symbol. Yeah, or like the thunderbolt is a symbol of Thor. Fuck that uh, shit. Fuck off. Yeah, fuck you off, you piece sucks. of, you SS piece of trash. Mjolnir. Yeah. Mjolnir. What? And then... Yeah. What's the other... Oh, the Iron Cross, too. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, the white supremacy. Garbage. Yeah. We live in garbage hell, Evan. I keep... I don't know if I've talked about this on the pod before, but I keep waiting for white white supremacists to appropriate, like, the Lord of the Rings. Because it's, <laughs> yes, you have. It, it's such a low fucking hanging fruit for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's What would be... But I don't think there's any easy symbology. I guess the just white the tree ring. of Gondor. Sure, but what the fuck is that? Nobody knows that shit. <laughs> it's a white tree uh, representing pure blood passed oh, over shit. passed over generations from an ancient land. I just I want to see white supremacists. And they fight against they fight against dark skinned people. Ooh, the only black people in Lord of the Rings are evil. Is that what? Yeah, really? yeah it's 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 pretty rough actually. Like even even in the How Hobbit, when they go to Bree, they can tell that someone is evil because he has a swarthy look about him. Wowzerino. Yeah, so there's some real problematic shit in there. Good God. Wow. Uh, I want to see white supremacists with uh, just tattoos of, like, Gollum's face on them. <laughs> I think they should start appropriating Gollum. That's a good... Because yeah, he's the like, most iconic like part. white supremacists appropriating, like, hobbit culture. <laughs> so they just go out and... It's like a, it's like their survivalist culture, but they just go out and build tiny communes out in the woods and then yeah. uh, keep to themselves. Sure, sure, sure. I kind of love that. Okay, that's fine. We know where not to go. The end. I, yeah. I, yeah. Is it better if they have a compound or is it better that they're mixed in... Because that oh, makes Jesus. me nervous. White supremacists yeah. having a place where they live and yeah, no I one guess, else. I guess it's better that we better to keep them where we can see them. <laughs> sure, absolutely, absolutely. Oh well, boy. A, I guess that's one one tiny silver lining of the Trump presidency is it has made white white supremacists very obvious. Yeah, it's two true. other white two other whites. I should add, white supremacists were always very obvious to non-whites. Yeah, yeah. So and it, uh, and it also has made fucking. But uh, the hard choices, like there are people who I know who I, I, I know are voting for Trump. They are older white people who are very close to me and I will not say who they are on this podcast. But like, what the fuck do you do? These are I, I mean, of course, you, you cut them, you cut them out, but you can't because like these are people that, that provide child care. For, I don't know. Yep. It's like, yep. yeah, it's a it's a rough it's a rough. I mean, my family is super Catholic, super that sort of thing. And I feel like 
within the context of their belief system where they think that like all quote unquote all life is sacred mm. um you know like they're they're single or double issue voters where they're like sure biden's a baby killer <laughs> and like i'm not going to support anyone who is pro-abortion period yeah and so you know we have to swallow a little bit of shit and vote for biden they're like eating an entire three-course meal of shit and voting for trump because they're getting their supreme court picks yeah right yeah yeah so i feel like yeah i feel like one of the this is a weird thing to say but like conservatives are more willing to compromise their morality yeah kind like, of like they i mean most uh, like the, the poll was like 49% of millennial voters who vote for Trump believe that climate change is a serious problem that we should combat it. But at the same time, they yeah. still vote for Trump. Like, I, w- I wonder because they, you know, because he's a, he, he's pro, he's pro life. Quote yeah. Unquote, you know, I mean, that might be, like. that might be true on the other side too, because I know a lot of people who are far leftists who are clenching their teeth and voting for Biden and compromising mm. their morals and principles. I mean, well, that's you know. good. But I mean, that's what I want. Of course. Yeah, right. It's good because it's what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, wanna, <laughs> so, I want you far leftists to compromise a little bit and come towards sure. the center and vote for sure. Biden. And then we can, we, I'll be right there with you. I promise. Like sure. uh, pushing push the party as far left as we can. Yeah. 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 Boy, Abo, vandalism. I'm going to push Biden to a pro-graffiti stance. That's my single issue. And speaking of Joe Biden, we let's talk about every subway star, <laughs> colon, the ballad of Jared Fogle. <laughs> Joe Biden's good, good friend. The song this week is called Every Subway Car. And if you've never heard it before, here's a quick sample. I'd like you to play me that sample too, because I usually try and listen to the song again right before the podcast, but I didn't have time today. (laughs) So when I think of every subway star, every subway car, the the song that comes into my head is testing one, two, three. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how this song goes. Yeah, dude, I got you. You ready for this? (laughs) Okay, here we go. So, every subway car. Mm-hmm. Woo, boy, buddy, boy. Uh, I, I don't know. Do I, I always feel bad tipping my hand at the very beginning. Um, but it's hard to talk about this song and not seem depressed or excited. Talk about any song and not seem depressed or excited. Right. So, what? I don't know. What, what, were, your, what were your thoughts? I can tell you going into it, I thought, oh, not bad, not bad. I kind of like the sound of this one. I like the big spacious guitars with Kev's real like woobly synth at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That that synth line is fun. That do 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 that kind of persists throughout the song. Um, I don't I, know. Yeah, I was pretty happy. I mean, it's another alt rock song, right? This one kind of made me think alt country. I wrote in my notes a couple times. Huh. It, it what, was, what was the what was the country? I think it was the like jangly guitar, like that that jangly acoustic in the second verse and beyond. Really made me feel like it was sort of country esque. I can I can definitely see that, um, yeah. but it, it it read way like '90s alt to me. Really? Okay. I think so. Like I could see this like as a deep cut on like a like a Gin Blossoms or a Better Than Ezra like album. For sure. Yeah, I could hear that too. Certainly. And then, yeah, and again, this is this I liked this song, but it didn't 
I'm never going to like seek it out again. <laughs> uh, I will tell you that like summertime, I've been playing this one since I listened to it on Wednesday, just in rotation, my friend. I liked this one, and I have a feeling that you're going to turn me a little bit during the course of our conversation. I thought you, yeah, I thought you would hate this song. Really? Why is that? You've always been really down on like the alt stuff. I guess so, but I don't know. Yeah. yeah, this one struck a chord with me. Yeah, well, that's good. You're, you're like your sensibility, your musical sensibilities are very different than mine. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I, I kind of like this song quite a bit. Um, yeah. Not like again, it's not like one of my favorite alternative songs, but I would, sure. if I were making like a, a playlist of a hundred alternative songs from like the '90s and aughts, I yeah. would probably put this on it. Okay. All right. That's good. Um, I mean, it would be like 98 out of 100. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. This one, I even wrote in my notes, I don't know why, but this kind of straight down the plate song is actually kind of appealing to me for once. And I said, maybe the reason why is because I don't feel like, that for once, I don't feel like they're trying to ape somebody. I, I maybe I'm wrong because you did say Gin Blossoms and I did agree. I felt I felt a hundred percent this was uh, this was a Gin Blossom song, but without the harder edge. Interesting. I felt like they it was BNL doing like a, a just straight down the plate BNL song, and I thought that that was kind of cool and kind of interesting. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It, it was it was cool, and they do do some interesting stuff in this song as well. Um, where do we want to start? Uh, lyrics or music? You know, dealer's choice, Saker. Okay. I, I promise to respect you more and your decisions and uh, you're valid <laughs> and uh, your choices. So um, you just lead the way. Is this, uh, I, I'll follow. I'll follow wherever you go. Has Stephen Page gotten back to you yet? I know you've been doing the legwork. Yes, I have been. Uh, sh- I walk out into my backyard every night at 1134 sharp scream Stephen <laughs> and hold up both of my hands like uh, like like uh like rocky balboa sure at, like like sliced alone like sliced alone and yeah. uh and he i've never heard an echo back oh interesting you you reach your hands into your mosquito pits by the way right so that when you squeeze them the blood drips down your your fists is that correct yeah yeah then i dig deep into the earth sure. and uh, <laughs> uncover uncover the antediluvian bones hidden beneath the soil squeeze the mosquito blood onto the antediluvian yeah, bones I, uh, steve's visage will appear in a uh trip ditch and uh make a beautiful uh ceremony you know light a couple black candles <laughs> sacrifice a goat sacrifice a goat sacrifice. to randy <laughs> um so this is a uh let's start with lyrics because we already mentioned how kind of straightforward this song you is. gotta sacrifice <laughs> you sacrifice a goat, goat. um uh. this this song is straightforward there is no mm-hmm like there's no artifice at all to what is happening in this song boy loves girl boy writes girl's name on side of train right a little bit i think i got a little bit deeper than that but i mean i think it it was a really refreshing love song from bnl because i'm used to steve so i think this is this is the good stuff we're getting now that steve's gone is we can write a love song that isn't like cynical and self not even not I mean, this is a song's a little bit self-deprecating, but not like self-loathing, sure. right? Yeah. So I get the like. I like to, and I might be reading way more into this song than actually Ed, Ed put in, but I liked sort of like the. It sort of captured young love for me. How like transitory yes. and like how it feels so real in the moment. Yes. Like I'm gonna go tag a fucking subway <laughs> car for you, babe. Yes. And like, it's like the most fucking meaningless gesture, and you're like, oh yeah, she's gonna love this. Yeah. Well, and, and, and to me, this kind of spoke to um, 
uh, last week's lyric that we couldn't f- quite figure out with Tim, which was, uh, I'd use a metaphor, but I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve was the metaphor guy. Steve wrote the songs that were like, mm-hmm. here's a thing that's not this thing, but it's actually not. But Ed is just like, straight down the center, like, this is what Ed's this like, song is about. You want to you hear another pun? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to hear another pun? <laughs> But boy, oh boy, young love. Speaking of, there's a line in here, which I believe you quoted to me at the beginning, where Ed says his backpack is whack. (laughs) (laughs) This is 2010. Ed is 40-something. He's like, his backpack is whack, kids. My backpack was faded black, but now it's all blue. It looks whack, but it's complex. He might have been trying to use it ironically. Uh, but, but I don't he's... think, like, I think the point of irony is that, you know, anyone over the age of, like, 30 can't get away with it. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Like... <laughs> it's hard for me to wear an ironic Christmas sweater anymore because I am, It's it yeah. seems like something I would wear. It's sort of like, yeah, irony is like fashions. Like, the older fashion, the older you get, it's just diminishing returns. You can do irony, but you have to do it backwards, which I think Ed is trying to do. If you're really old, you have to, mm-hmm. like, uh, be super into, like, Billie Eilish. And then, and then like, you, that's like, ironic. Yeah. And then you, like, yeah, you can do it backwards. But then there's, like, there's, like, an event an, an event horizon for irony that you can push through uh-huh. and then come all the way back around. Like, the like the old the old lady who plays Skyrim and shit. Like, yeah. Like, you're you right. become... You become objet d'art, like you you are you embody irony. <laughs> sure, boy, ne un un ironic thing. <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and I I do I Je I tell Skyrim grandma, <laughs> Je Just, uh, pipes. I've lost. <laughs> I don't know any more references. I'm sorry. Um, uh, the the part where he says I'm the patron saint of urban gardens in bloom was my favorite line from this song because I really do feel like it was a beautiful line that Ed mm-hmm. pulled off really well. And I think it also speaks to uh, what you said about Steve being constantly self-deprecating. And this is Ed saying like, fuck it, I'm good at this. I'm going to paint a mural to you that's beautiful because I, I love you and I love this and I'm combining my two loves together. And I'm like, fuck yeah, it's refreshing to f- hear him so positive and like relentlessly so. Straight, I'm the patron saint. Urban gardens in bloom. Like I, I like if that's a direction for a, the band, I'm into it. I'm into it. I don't know. Um, and let's talk about the uh, other. Sh- we're talking about shitty lines. Like I'm on my own, like Sly Stallone. On my own, I'm Sly Stallone. I did it for you. Big old, big old sustained fart on that one. This is uh, that picture of Steve Buscemi, the uh, how do you do fellow kids. (laughs) (laughs) With his music band shirt. Yes, yeah, music band. But oh my God. uh, I I didn't get the reference at first. And then I like just typed in Sly Stallone. Like I just typed in that line and you know, that picture from Rocky came up and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I did it for you, Adrian. And it actually kind of like, it does fit within the context of the song. Like, rocky going into a fight for a woman who doesn't necessarily want him in the fight and then getting beaten bloody and sure. being like this is all for you babe <laughs> yeah. you. like like anyone wants their romantic partner just beaten to shit yeah yeah absolutely like, yeah he has, like i'm sure he came out of there with like a concussion maybe mild brain damage <laughs> like you've seen him in future movies like i've never seen a rocky movie oh db never seen a rocky there, movie never seen a like rambo a, like movie a, oh gosh man 
Gosh, man. Like, like Rambo, the first Rocky movie and first Rambo movie, quite good. And then it becomes a very different animal going forward. Yes. Rocky takes a little bit longer to like jump the shark, but Rambo is just straight up nonsense. Like, And, Rocky and then it gets real creepy. Uh, Rocky came back around because I hear the Creed movies are good. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's the point. That's what you do is you take out the fucking aging hot dog in like a <laughs> hot dog skinned man and uh, put in a younger, more charismatic actor. So this is totally off topic. But uh, this week they announced Mortal Kombat does like guest characters every time. And uh, the guest characters are always like weird Usually they're horror movie characters, like they've had the alien from Alien and Freddy Krueger and Leatherface as like guest characters uh, in their games, but they've slowly been transitioning to just like 80s people. So Mm -hmm. Terminator was in the last DLC pack, uh, and they just announced that this DLC pack is Rambo, is the guest character in Mortal Kombat, but it's him from his first blood incarnation, and somebody on a forum was like, this is a movie where... He kills one person and at the end breaks down crying because of the PTSD he sustained in war. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like like Rambo First Blood is like basically home alone in the forest. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, goodness. Like he kills one person and then the police are after him. And then he just like lives in the woods and traps them. Oh, Jesus. But yeah, this is also if if this do we believe the narrator of this song is a teen? Uh, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. But then, yeah, but, but, uh, and it all fits. Ed trying to say shit like whack. And, but then this sliced alone line is so out of place because it's definitely okay. a 40 year old. What thing. if it's a teen from the 80s? He's oh, speaking from shit. the perspective of a 1980s, uh, a late 80s, early 90s teen. Oh, fuck. Well, I'm looking for any other references that could give it away. And the only thing is a Greyhound. Those have been around for a while. Fuck, yeah. dude! I think you hit the nail on the head. Maybe Belt this was some spray paint. I think that's been around for a while too. So maybe this that. was Ed in the '80s. Maybe this is him reflecting on his youth. I'm into that. That's an interesting idea, huh? Okay, cool. Wow, we may have cracked something there. I mean, I kind of um, wish he had set the scene like where he talked about the time that he was in. Oh, <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, that would. Be, it's the '80s. I love the ladies. <laughs> what yeah. about you? Uh, you <laughs> slip back into um i do did you watch not to get to live versions um but ed did this song on his live stream on in april of this year um okay okay you didn't see that i suppose uh but no, there did, were so many live versions i had to like i just kind of yeah. picked the ones that were yeah uh but the it, most things in them um he does i like these because again like i mentioned previously he does usually give little bits uh And uh, he says, he talked about that line specifically a lot. Um, He Mm -hmm. said, quote, it's kind of a lame Rocky reference. So he does admit that like it's a (laughs) shitty lame line. But then he referenced something that I thought the first time I heard the song without having uh, looked up any lyrics or anything is that it sounds like I'm on my own or uh, hold on. What's the first line? Uh, Yeah, I'm on my own. I'm sliced alone. Which is totally what it sounds like. I'm all alone. I'm sliced alone. I did it for you. <laughs> and, and he references, he's like, that's actually a good line, but that's not the line I wrote. Because he says there's some lyric sites out there that say I'm sliced alone. Sliced alone. What does that mean, though? Well, it means like, a... can I have a single piece of deli ham? Like, there's no other ham with him. <laughs> can, I, can I taste the uh, black forest ham? Yeah. Boar's, ha- the, uh, boar's had any good? I'd like to try the... Uh... Yeah, can I try some of that uh, roast chicken? <laughs> So yeah, Thanks. that's. Oh, uh, can I just get a spoonful of that uh, um, red bean salad? Thank you. All right, 
Uh, no, I'm not going to have any. You, uh, thank you very much. Can you put the hummus in my hand? Just like a little <laughs> bit of hummus? I'd like to just lick it off. Uh, can you put the hummus in your hand? And can I lick it off of there? Um, oh, just seeing how far you can push the deli counter. <laughs> Those poor deli People. workers. Yeah. God, you could ask for samples of everything. I miss Bud... I, I hate I hate the people who are listening to this a year later, but fuck, I miss samples. So I've been to Costco a bunch of times to buy cakes for our outside movie nights, and fuck, I miss samples. Costco used to be a place of dreams. Samples are a thing of beauty. They really are. Um, did this guy spray his backpack and then claim that it works brand new? <laughs> hey, idiot. <laughs> no, like, that's what, that's what he's oh, saying. It's all blue. Right? It was faded black, but now it's all blue. So I can't think of any any other deeper meaning for that line. I think he fucking spray painted his backpack, and then this feels like that that drill. Like I'm not owned. I'm not owned. He said, shrinking into a corn cob. Like he's trying to pull the zipper, and it's like spray painted <laughs> shut. And he's like, it works fine. Works great. I actually really like this backpack better now. Works like brand new. Works like brand new. <laughs> Just very bad. Um. Yeah. Uh. But yeah. Overall, very simple, easy song. How about that line? Systemically refused, then chemically removed. Systemically refused, then chemically removed. I felt like that could lead into some sort of metaphor for their relationship, but then I have to remind myself this isn't Steve. This is Ed. Right? Yeah. Um, because that's an interesting line and I feel like there's, there's some amount of chemical, especially if Steve were still in the band, that could be a drug Mm -hmm. thing, but like, I don't know. In any case, uh, that's all the lyrical notes I had. Anything else on the lyrics, Ev? No. Okay. Um, but man, yeah, the rest of the, well, Here's one more thing, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I was listening to this song and a revelation hit me. This is the anti The Old Apartment, right? Oh, okay. The Old Apartment is about destruction as a mean of ex- means of expressing love. Uh, and and this is about uh, kind of like creation as a means of expressing love, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, graffiti is creation, but it's also destruction. Yeah. Well, may- because you I mean you to create gra- graffiti to create true graffiti, right? You have sure. to you have to graffiti on someone else's or yeah. you know state or personal property, sure, right? It, sure. I mean, graffiti. I guess if you. If you graffiti your own house, that's just a painting, right? Yes, Mr. Splot uh, and the big orange dot. Um, yeah. I mean, you gave the defini- the legal definition of graffiti at the beginning of this podcast. I, I, gave, so. I gave Microsoft's or Sega's warning at the beginning of Jet Set Radio at the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which yeah. I think is the legal definition of graffiti. I think so. uh, agreed on by you know, the International Committee Actually, on um, so maybe outsider art. Let me revise what I was saying. It's destruction as a means of expressing love instead of destruction as a means of expressing fear, which is, I think, maybe what's happening in the old apartment, right? Because in the old apartment, I don't think he loves the person. I think he's scared of change. In this one, it's expression of just like, hey, I I love you, Adrian. I think it was from... I think the old apartment for me wasn't fear necessarily as nostalgia and longing, right? Because they see the old apartment as a, a somewhat something of a simpler time. Yeah. Because again, memory and time have put these blinders on them. Mm-hmm. Because when you hear about the old apartment, it's actually kind of a shitty place to live. Yeah. Yeah. But they they're so far removed from it because they live out in this like nice suburb somewhere that they're like, oh man, remember when we were just scraping by? Sure. And, you know, we, 
we had just we didn't have anything else living on a prayer <laughs> living like, on a prayer uh yeah i could see that okay so you've cock blocked me at every turn all right so it's not about <laughs> love instead of fear and it's not about creation instead of destruction well, here i was uh, i think that uh, you're not um <laughs> be nice <laughs> i'm trying I, i'm trying to say like i don't think you're wrong because uh-huh. again it's an interpretation of sure, art so sure, you sure. can't be completely incorrect right but, yeah uh, okay fair enough fair enough um so let's 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 flip to the music uh there's some interesting weird stuff that they do in this song um let's start with i think the weirdest for me which is the solo um boy is it fucking frenetic <laughs> It sounds like one of those, do you know those electronic like tap pads? They're like, <laughs> like, it sounds kind of like that. And I fucking loved it. I thought it was so cool and so weird and wild. You did. did you not like it? Of course you did. You like your beeps and boops. Love you like it. your, you like your ages of odds. I'm a child. I gotta say. Yeah. Hey, you listen to that new Sufjan record, by the way? Not yet. The Ascension. It's good as hell. I love it. Get- Uh-oh. That means you're going to hate it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we are 100% opposite. Oh, we both love uh, Illinois as the best. Yeah, you, 100. Yeah, everyone yes. knows that. Um, I love Kev Noodlin. Oh, I mean, yeah. his little like, doo 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 doo. Yeah, as I said, that little refrain that goes through rules. I mean, it's um, it's. I like cool... where they. Uh, yeah, they go from the they go from the bark like the full chords to the broken chords, and I liked that. Um, yeah. Yep. They do go on beat for a little bit, but I wasn't. It didn't. It didn't drive me as much as I as I you know normally it normally does. Yeah, there's especially speaking of on beat, the guitar during the chorus follows. It does what I call a green album. It follows the vocal line exactly, (laughs) which sucks. I fucking hate that shit. It's so boring and ugly. guess it layers the vocals in some weird way but it's not interesting and not good and not fun um there is a weird speaking of the guitar during verse two i wouldn't have heard this without nice headphones there's a weird like very light backwards guitar throwback to don was yeah i did it for you see that he was on the uh they did like a conversation with don was yeah for the 20 and 2020 um he looks he looks like a he looks like i exactly like i imagined don was would have looked like, <laughs> i didn't look at the, looks like today i didn't look at the videos what what did he I, from the impression he's like a, he has really long like frazzled hair and okay. a, a fedora and then like <laughs> real dark glasses and a big thick mustache nice that's perfect he was no ron anello <laughs> 100 true no ronnie boy um yeah 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 good luck getting ron bnl we already nailed him <laughs> we got him we got him we, we got him we and scooped he him regrets it and if he says anything to bnl it's do not go on this podcast <laughs> I certainly they make me so. look like an idiot because <laughs> they are worse they are bad um they ruin everything they touch <laughs> uh yeah there's a lot of real weird light stuff like from about 40 to 50 seconds there's a weird whooshing noise did you hear that Turn around. This one is pristine. 
I don't have, I know, I, Saker, I don't spend a million dollars on headphones. I've got like the earbuds that came with my, M, like my <laughs> MP3 player. Okay, never mind. Like five years ago. Sure, yeah. And one of them is like, like the plastic is like ripped off of one of them. So it's just like bare metal. Oh, buddy boy. Oh, no. We got to buy you some new, I'll dip, I'll dip into the It's All Been Done funds, our slush fund, and get you some new headphones. <laughs> Uh, it's necessary for you to actually enjoy these songs. We can't talk about them unless you understand them, Evan. I know. <laughs> but speaking um, of um, speaking of weird new things, mm-hmm. weird new things, female vocalist. Now, Ev, mm-hmm. you were listening to the video cut of the song. Yeah. There are two cuts of this song. The album cut does not have Aaron McCarley on it. Wow. And it suffers from the removal. Yeah, Erin McCarley yeah, is I guess I was listening to just the music video now that I think about it. And she rules. Yeah, that that it's she's yeah. so great on this song. did something that i swore i would never do which um, is when i went to look her up on the b on the wikipedia yeah they had her name spelled wrong on the album so i updated the bnl wiki yes! page to, to correctly spell her name we are true fans now finally yeah. we've edited great. the wiki <laughs> great oh, I, updated, I updated the bnl page i love that oh man um yeah she the video cut of this song is so much better for her inclusion in it um she's just some like texas musician right did you find anything out about her oh yeah she's she's got a couple um albums out um she had some minor uh minor hits with like love save the empty and stuff like that but i mean she just sounds like remember that guy that they had on stage and they made dance yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. on on chips and dip five or whatever (laughs) she sounds like a female version of him where she's like a pop a pop star yeah and she's got a good voice and a good sound but again it doesn't there's nothing to distinguish it from a thousand other other like b-list pop stars yeah that's fine it's fine she's a i fucking love my breathy female singer songwriters do not get me yeah don't even get me started on them but like and she's fine. She's fine. Like she is the she is the every subway car of female. It's like she's good, but she's not great. It's weird because I feel like BNL plucks these fucking randos from obscurity, and they're like, "Come on our cruise, be on our song." Like I want to do that. BNL, let me do that. I could do better than these guys. <laughs> I don't know. They need a they need a rap breakdown yeah. on their new one. <laughs> I would be so down with that. Um, but yeah, when, when I watched the music video for the first time, a woman started singing and I had listened to the song 50 times and I desperately went back to the song. Like, am I an idiot? Did I hear that? I not, did I just ignore her the entire time? But a weird thing to do is like, I mean, is it, so the, the, the album version is without her Mm -hmm. is the radio edit. If there is a radio edit of this, there has to be a radio edit of this song. They produced a music video. Does it have her in it? I don't know. Yeah. So like, what a strange, like jump to make to add an entirely different singer real weird and this is is am, am i wrong in saying like this is the first time a non-bnl musician has sung with the bnl boys as like a full like we've had like a couple like back we had like the bourbon Tacker, tabernacle choir and stuff like that but like is this a, like the first time that like a non-bnl musician is like full-on in the song uh i don't with Sp- spider in my room you would count them as backup too huh 
yeah yeah, yeah okay, i would say then, yeah. yeah like there he's not like yeah i would say like yeah i mean she's singing the lead yeah not the lead but she's singing with the lead on this song yeah for sure i think so um wow what a what a remarkable distinction for uh aaron mccarley <laughs> famous texas pop it star does, it adds like i don't know i like a. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I thought she was great. I, I th- And what's nice is that it opened the door for like in live shows, there's a whole fucking gamut. It seems like whatever town they went to, they just recruited the the female singer-songwriter of Atlanta, Georgia, the female singer-songwriter of San Francisco to like come up on stage and sing with them. And it ruled. Like, it's great. I, what do you do there? Like you're uh so imagine you're a female singer songwriter in Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a moderately successful career, but like you're a you're a big fish in a small pond, right. right? You're a popular singer in the city. You play gigs at bars and whatnot. They're always packed. Everyone likes you, but you've never been able to really make the jump to the big scene. Sure. And then BNL comes in. They're like, we need a woman. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, um, okay, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I felt like I'm sure. Here's what it did for her career: nothing. Uh, mm. it, she's I'm sure just the same person that she was ten years ago. Because uh, I feel like my band has had like, holy shit, we're opening for X famous person or X really cool band that I love. This is gonna open doors for us. And people come up to us after the show and they're like, "Hey, great gig!" And then our nothing. We don't sell more CDs. We don't. Our numbers don't go up. It's like we're just played for a band. It was cool. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Yep. But love getting paid in exposure. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's how that's how we roll. Um, let's uh, we can move to this video, which I think is really interesting. Yes, uh, yes. This so this this definitely like, I mean, this video just describes the song basically, right? There is, but it makes it a little creepier, right? Yes, because the girl the girl in the video does not know the boy, correct? So that's the reveal at the end of the song, yeah, or at yeah. the end of the video, yeah, is that they are on the subway car together. So he's, let's, we can go through and describe the video real quick. It's this guy, he's he's painting fucking dopey looking CG spray painting around town, which is very clearly fake. Uh, and then it's all of this woman and they're very beautiful murals. And at the end of the song, he's on a subway car and he's like sitting a couple seats down from this, the same woman who we saw being spray painted and he's sketching her. So yes, he is a fucking stalker. Like it's very, very, very weird. I guess like, yeah. And this is, we get that thing at the end where she sees the subway cars going past all of which has a picture of her face on it. And instead of like being chilled to the bone <laughs> yeah she smiles and is like enjoy so you get like this like this is a really shitty thing to say but sometimes stalking can be in the eye of the beholder <laughs> I, I mean like, truly so yeah. i mean it, it kind of is it's appropriation if, you, if it's done right. well then <laughs> yeah i guess if like the because again like stalking is like it's a personal crime mm-hmm. so if you do not if someone is being like the line between stalking and being super romantic, I guess, is up to the person reacting to it, yeah, right? Yeah, true, true. So if you're like, oh, yeah, that's really romantic that he painted all these fucking pictures of me. Or you go, whoa, I'm fucked. This is fucked up. I need a restraining order on this guy right now. Yeah. Like, again, this could go, this could break either way. Yeah, 100%. Um, but she seems to and, be in the camp of yeah. goodness here, which is good. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise this, yeah, this fucking video is terrifying. Um, yeah. I, w- I mean, that's, and, 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 and big sweeping romantic gestures are kind of a leap of faith yeah that's true if you especially if you don't know the person yeah oh god damn what that's just fucking it is weird and it makes me wonder it, who came up with this video if it was the director who storyboarded it or if bnl themselves but clearly a female hand did not touch this video right mm. because they would have noticed immediately like we can't do that that's raw that's bad and weird <laughs> yeah like wouldn't that have made a great different ending for this video 
she had seen it she and like just, fucking started looking around. She turns, yeah, pulls out a, like a fucking can of mace. <laughs> just gets on the phone and calls like dials not. You see her dial nine one and then just wait. <laughs> the the music you heard the video cut of this song with Aaron McCarley in it, but it also there's a very long sustained note into the end that turns into this minor key as she's looking around the car, and then there's this kind of orchestral screeching, and then the video cuts to black. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, man. Um. Speaking of the video cutting to black, the whole fucking video is in the ugliest grayscale. Like, there's no yeah, colors. That is 100% 2010 music videos, yeah, right? I like, guess. muted muted palettes. Like, like, okay, so I watched, like, the first 20 seconds of this video, uh-huh. and then I was like, it made me super nostalgic for Enid. So I went back and watched <laughs> the whole Enid video, and I'm like, god oh, damn, I miss it. they have become the thing they hate. Yes, Yes, absolutely. It's that Calvin and Hobbes comic where they're like, yeah, you know, that's the problem with like the the anti-industry is that eventually they get old enough that they become the things that they hated. Like, I'm very, very badly well, one, mangling. And this one also, um, alternate, the alternative girlfriend video where they're making fun of videos just like this. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's so fucking funny. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Man, so oh, it's man. A, it's a it's it was a little bit of a leap for me, yeah. but I, I think it was a it was a perfectly serviceable video for a perfectly serviceable song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought see, I thought the video did the song a disservice. I don't know because I was I think I was a bigger fan of the song than you. Um, can we agree that Ty is rocking a very bad look in this yeah. video? <laughs> he the little tiny facial hair on his big face. And he looks like he's stuffed into his shirt, and it's just a very overall <laughs> fucking shitty look for Ty. Um, yeah. Uh, Ev, anything else to say about the song before we jump into some live versions of it? Um, let me see. Ding dong ding, ding a ling a ling. <laughs> no. Okay, great. Um, all right, let's start. Did you watch the Canada Day live version? Canada Day, I like that. Like America, I wish we had an America Day. It's I mean, we have Fourth of July, July, but I want like yeah. <laughs> I know, but I want like I want it to be called America, America Day. Day. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, this is a cool ass version. It rules. Uh, the open. It was just a, it was a nice concert version. Well, they did do one thing differently, which I loved, is that the the warehouse is above section. They like they cut out the band and they get the audience to clap along, which I fucking love when bands do that. Um, that just you love your clippies. I love your I love clapping. I love audience participation. I love it all. So I was super into that. Um, it is weird that the opening has like that pre-recorded riff because they're all on yeah. guitars, but you can hear the doo 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 doo, um, which was weird. But so they must be playing to a click track, which is whatever. Um, Saker's YouTube comment of the day on the Canada oh, Day version. Saker's YouTube co- co- comment of the day. <laughs> Zidler seventeen ten years ago. Seeing Ed sing without Steve is like seeing a puppy eat without a bowl. <laughs> huh? A very normal thing that puppies do all the fucking time? Uh, uh, well, I mean, Ed does need Steve to hold his food. <laughs> sure, Steve just fucking cups his chow and Ed goes to town. God, those first couple of months must have been so hard. <laughs> it's like, guys, guys, I did it again. And they just come in and he's just like covered in spaghetti. Oh, eh, Jim, you have to spread the hummus on your hands. I have to <laughs> lick it off. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, what a strange thing to say. Um, did you see the version featuring Lyle? Yeah, Lyle Robertson. Lyle, Ed's kiddo. Holy shit, that ruled. 
13 years old. Oh, man. Yeah, he plays the solo to this song. And I just like that uh, Ed was like, you know, sometimes we get in the... the get in the studio and we we just do too much and then when we try and play the song live it we can't do it because we put too much into See, it i didn't hear that part oh man yeah because that was his intro to the song he's like so we're gonna have my son lyle my 13 year old son come out so i guess my question for you now is you're 13 years old uh-huh. your dad is an aging rocker uh-huh. you can play the guitar and piano a little bit do you come and fucking rock out on stage with him if he asks you to? One hundred percent. Are you joking? You're not too cool. You're not too cool for this. Fuck no. Hell. Okay, but this is like saying like we're not saying like my dad is in uh you know uh, uh James Stamos in the flock of seagulls. But yeah, he's not. He's in like fucking my dad is Bon Jovi or something. Like he's Canada's biggest band. Okay. Like don't. He's, he's like your dad's like Alex. Oh, and you wouldn't rock out with Alex if he were your dad? You know, I feel like if Alex were my dad, I would be a very different person. <laughs> I don't know Alex. if you'd be alive. You would have partied way too hard. Surprise yeah, Alex yeah, I would alive. Yeah, I would be like, I don't know what I would be, a spirit, a spirit, <laughs> an ancient ghost. Um, And actually, that's what you are. Yeah, never able to sit down. Never. So, so yeah, I guess, okay, so yeah, I don't know if I would. Really? Well, I'm also super shy and terrified of like exposure. And I think if if we were both raised by Ed, I think we mm-hmm. would probably be more outgoing. We would be more sacred than Evan. Probably. Yeah, because you see that probably. fame and you want it. Something that pissed me off is that Lyle is chewing gum the whole the, I goddamn wrote that in my time. He's not just chewing, he's fucking chomping it. He's like yeah, he's got like a whole he like he, he just for his nerves and uh <laughs> like nerves. he's like i'm so nervous and ed's like you don't worry kid you can do an ed walks on stage and then jim just comes by and's like what i like to do before i go on stage is put a whole pack of big league i chew was in thinking big league chew and hoping that's what and he just hands say. him like a uh uh a big pouch of like gurgle grape or whatever the color uh, okay. you know the purple stuff Disgusting. is and he's just like oh man yeah that's 100 percent. that bothered me the entire and i'm not one to police people like but yeah. he's fucking cow. He's chomp. He's chomping. <laughs> it's cud in his mouth. Do you think he was like, yeah, dad, I'll do it. But you know, I got to choose my gums. <laughs> you know, I got to chomp have my gums. You know me. My I got to chomp on my chompers. <laughs> God. Yeah, it is. It's a fucking nightmare. And I actually wouldn't have mentioned it unless you did, because I was like, should I be policing a 13 year old child's gum chewing? But God damn it. It bothered me. But again, this is a performance that people paid money to see right that's that's and so you expect a certain level of professionality even from three 13 year olds i guess but they professionalism they also make dick jokes and fart jokes i mean that's the bernicke ladies ethos right i guess i guess yeah yeah I but don't know. um you're right i guess i'm policing ed's parenting more than yeah uh, he wasn't like hey man come on spit that out yeah. we gotta but i think actually at this point Ed's like you know fuck it whatever wouldn't that be great if he walked on stage and like they started doing the song and ed just like stopped it down and was like spit spit your gum out spit your gum out Lyle like in the middle of the fucking song oh Oh my god God, that would give him such a fucking I can't imagine the kid that does not walk away with like 10 years of therapy for that one damn where my my father embarrassed me in front of 10,000 people (laughs) but instead he's going to walk out with the confidence of knowing that he's invincible and can do no wrong and is a god so yeah I guess I take it back. Ed's a great parent. I but do you he want... He is putting he is putting his child's happiness above his music career. Do you want your son to think that they are a god? 
Because I'm sure Lyle went into school the next day and was like, I was in front of fucking 15,000 people last night and they fucking ate it up. I was doing something disgusting and they didn't give a shit. <laughs> I've met a lot of kids who had like famous or semi-famous parents. You have? Like, in, I'm, by, I mean, like, in the circles I run okay. in. So, like, the, the sons and daughters of authors. Oh, sure. And, okay. like, you know, people who are, like... And they're either they're either totally fucking grounded and okay with their parents' fame and are not engaging with it, or they are 100% engaging with it and they are total pieces of sure, shit. Sure, yeah. I feel like those are the two levels. Those are, like... that. That's the way... That's the only way it breaks. I've seen it break yeah. in my anecdotal um, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, damn. Okay. I hope Lyle grows up to be a good kid. He seems nice. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good parent. Probably. I mean, I'd imagine Mrs. Ed probably does a lot of the work. I don't know. Mm. He's on tour a lot in the studio. Would you trade your dad for Ed? Well, my dad is dead. Are you talking I about know, from but the birth? time you all the time we're gonna we're gonna eternal sunshine of the spotless mind okay. you. We're gonna take away every memory you have of your father and replace it with a new memory where your mom married Ed Robertson. Absolutely not. No. No, 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 no. Okay. I was going once, going twice. Oh! would you what if i throw <laughs> what if i get rid of your mom too and replace i replace her with aaron mccarley <laughs> yeah aaron mccarley is your mom now i'm in now i'm in okay i want to be okay. lyle mccarley um would you trade your you, no. no 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 one who who well unless you had a really shitty dad <laughs> yeah, i guess I, we both had pretty i think good a lot of people would trade their dads yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm so sad you miss your dad <laughs> I, I, but I feel like if I could do it now, if I could give Lyle Robertson a dead dad and take it, sure. <laughs> sure, I'd do it. Of course I would. I, but Ed is only like 13, 14 years older than you. Uh, well. Because he's... You don't need, you don't need yeah, much he's, past he's puberty. Just turning, he's turning 50 soon, if not... Because he was born in 70, He's 15 right? years older than me. Yeah. That's fine. You can have a kid so, at I mean, 15. That could happen. It make hey, world. It could happen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ev. Uh, did you watch any other lives you want to talk about? Um, that was all I, I saw the one with Serena Ryder. She was good. Um, I like I like Serena Ryder. She has a her voice was very different than Erin McCarley's. Mm. Uh, she's got like she's got sort of like a Amy Winehouse, like young Aretha Franklin, like Melissa Etheridge voice. Interesting. Okay, so it's kind of more deeper and throatier. And I liked her. Um, I liked her Stampa video, which is pretty good. Okay. Um, but other than that, or her Stampa song, the video I didn't like as much, but. Okay, I don't know what that um, is. We'll put a little bit of Stompa in right here. Saker. Yeah, now I know. Thank you. Can you share your screen and play it for me so that I can remember what it sounds like? Please don't do yeah. that. It's going to take way too much fucking time. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Uh, yeah, there was. I watched a bunch of different clips of the different women who did this song with Ed. Um, and I didn't mm -hmm. really. I would like forward to two minutes in and just hear a little bit of their singing and then move mm -hmm. on to the next one. Um, but uh, I just wanted a sample of the Black Forest ham from each, <laughs> from each woman. <laughs> Oh, can I taste the uh, um, <laughs> London broil? Can I, can I taste the? Uh, can I taste the buffalo chicken, please? <laughs> um. Okay, Ebo, can you tell me? I wonder how far you could push that. Not like the thing, but like coming in and talking to someone with an accent that's obviously fake. <laughs> Can't. Like, hello, Chip Chop. I'm here to taste the London broil, <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, only the London broil. <laughs> and like, I mean, they'd have to treat you. They'd have to treat you. 
like a human being to a point. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. This is, that's wild because that's a fucking, it's a prank call, except you're in their face. So, like, what the <laughs> fuck do they do? <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. Uh, it's like that fucking, all the stuff that Sasha Baron Cohen yeah, does uh, where he's wearing makeup that's, like, it's good makeup, but it's still obviously makeup. And, like, these people are, like, these people buy it. Yeah, it's Uncanny Valley. It looks like you have a yeah. face on top of your face that's realistic, but there's clearly some face on top of your face. Yeah, so like the people, there's like a certain politeness where that's why he, I feel like he does. He works like in the South mostly mm. because first of all, they're, you know, conservatives and they're the most fun to make fun sure. of. And uh, they're too polite to say anything. Sure, sure. I could see that. Yeah. I guess the Midwest would probably work well too. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, uh, some Wisconsin, uh, Sasha Bear Cohen. I'm so excited. By the time this episode comes out, Borat 2 Can't, will be out, baby. Borat 2, I'm yeah. so fucking yes. psyched. I love You're Borat. You're psyched for Borat 2? I fucking love Borat 1. It's a gem of a movie. Uh, I did love it. T- I, I loved parts of it, but I just have that cringe for like, like, cringe comedy and i just have to like leave the room for most of it so i it's like when you're like a kid and watching a horror movie you have to like hide behind the couch yeah. during the scary parts like i have spent you know easily three quarters of that movie behind the fucking couch because i could not bear Which, what he was doing to that people that surprises me because you're into tim and eric you're into like eric andre and those are all like cringy like yeah but there's a level of uh wackiness about it that borat doesn't have my wife, like, you don't think he has the wackiness? I mean, wacky was a wrong word. Okay. I think uh, sur- surrealism, I guess, would be my, like... Sure. Because Tim and Eric will get somebody on... And I don't... Those are my least favorite things of Tim and Eric is when they get, like, somebody on who doesn't know they're on a show right. and then like interviews them. And that's my least part of... My least favorite part of Eric Andre as well. That's like the whole but, show of Eric Andre. <laughs> right. But, like, Eric Andre will get you on and then jump the shark immediately. Whereas <laughs> sure. Borat will like lure you in and make you look like a fucking idiot. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't feel bad for the people on Eric Andre because they could walk away at any time because they know exactly what's happening like 10 seconds in. Well, but hold on. Because this new one, I mean, I feel like Borat only only ridicules people who deserve the... Like Mike Pence is on the new one and like a bunch of fucking like Southern red right. like sh- I'm not shitty saying it's... they don't deserve it. Okay, I'm saying enough. that I can't watch it happen. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm it gives that. me no shot in Freuda. Sure, absolutely. Um, Ev, speaking of Borat, how is this movie like Borat? This movie is like Borat because <laughs> spray paint is from Kazakhstan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell me what sci-fi movie it spray is. Pa- a high, uh, one of the most important parts, uh, ingredients of spray paint is potassium. And as we all know, it's the number one export of Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan sure. from Borat. That's pretty much all I remember about <laughs> Borat. <laughs> the word Kazakhstan. <laughs> okay. Uh, this movie, of course, is the Terry, I mean, this song is the Terry Gilliam directed movie starring a brap pip brute willis brute willis love this movie and madeline stowe it is 12 monkeys hell yeah great film great film sure um i feel like the video aesthetic of this song matches 12 monkeys pretty perfectly um i don't know if you've never seen 12 monkeys it takes place in the nearish future where a deadly virus has wiped out most humans the survivors of which live underground for some fucking reason (laughs) um so wikipedia just says survivors are forced to live underground why sure why um and bruce willis plays a prisoner 
for some reason, they decide that they've developed time travel technology and they are going to send a prisoner back in time mm-hmm. to set white. It's like quantum leap, but instead of just a scientist going back, it's uh, somebody who you really don't want going back. But Bruce Willis sure. uh, plays Cole, James Cole, and he is. The movie starts with him being tormented by a foot race, a foot chase, and then gunshots and blood. Okay. Um, so he has this he has this reoccurring dream, uh, and I'll come back later because it's a time travel movie. Uh-huh. So he's being sent back to try and find out who started this virus and whatnot. Uh, first time he gets he's it starts in 1996. For his first trip sends him back to 1990, where he is quickly apprehended and put into a mental facility, uh, where a doctor, a, a friendly female doctor played by Madeline Stowe, uh, is diagnosing and trying to help him. But also you got Brad Pitt in there playing um against against type this is like brad yeah. Pitt's like uh see i can do something other than heart throbs yeah and, he's great uh, too i feel like he laid it on a little thick for oh me, really but, oh okay uh, okay but like you know he's a he's a he's a competent actor he's an above average actor so yeah, he does yeah. an above average job on this character but he plays a a mentally uh, somewhat mentally disturbed um individual who is like an echo terrorist essentially yes and uh so basically Bruce is put in jail, but then he gets sucked back to the future on his second trip. They're like, well, well you didn't do anything. He's like, you sent me back to the wrong time. So the second trip, they send him to World War One, where he gets shot in the leg. <laughs> then he pops back to 96. And there's a lecture with Dr. Madeline Stowe, who is the one played by... Or Dr., oh, just Dr. Madeline Stowe. I, I'm just using the actor names. Okay. Um, lecturing about the Cassandra complex, where it's like, you know, one of those like uh, those movie things where it's like, on the nose, beep, 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 sure. beep. The Cassandra Complex famously being where somebody is telling, is warning you of impending doom and no one believes them. Right, yeah. And then uh, Dr. Peters, another doctor, comes up to her and says, like, well, I'm less worried about, like, Armageddon than I am about impending environmental collapse. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, prescient, okay, prescient. okay, whatever. <laughs> and uh, so um, Cole kidnaps her and forces her to go um, back to Philly where he's looking for Brad Pitt because they're... They think that Brad Pip is the guy who starts the art, this thing called the Army of the Twelve Monkeys, and releases this virus. Um, anyway, they uh, he doesn't manage to find. Well, actually, he finds Brad Pip, who says he has nothing to do with it, and he has nothing to do with the Army of the Twelve Monkeys. So Cole has to go back. Um, but the thing is, there's this, this parallel narrative where everyone thinks that Cole is insane, and Cole starts thinking that he's insane, and the future is actually a hallucination. Turns out he's not, because when he comes back the third time. Dr. Madeline Stowe has found evidence that he is actually from the future. And then the people from the future, he's like, oh, okay, well, you know what? Fuck this. We're just going to go live in the Florida Keys. Okay. We're, in love. <laughs> we're in love now. Just like the people in fucking uh, um, sub- subway car. Yes. Like he, they have, for some reason, they have found love and he wants to express it in this really ridiculous way. So we they're got driving there. for the Florida Keys and this per- other person from the future, Jose, shows up. So they can send other people back. They can send other competent people back who know sure. how to do a job. <laughs> and Jose just gives place. him a fucking gun and says, do the job. Oh, man. Wild. But it turns out the Army of the Twelve Monkeys is not responsible because all they do is release monkeys. Uh-huh. Um, and it's actually Dr. Peters, the guy who's worried about environmental collapse. His thing is, I want to kill all the humans so that, you know, the environment can... It's like a fucking reverse Captain Planet. Okay, sure. That's what we're talking about. So, um, Cole, he's getting on this, this Dr. Peters is getting on this plane to fly and this is, he's flying, he's going to do a tour, but the, the, where he lands is going to be the hot spots for this virus. That's where he's going to release it. But Cole forces his way through a airport checkpoint point and goes to like, uh, accost Peters, but he is chased and shot to death by the police. And then Dr. Madeline Stowe grabs his dead body, looks around and she sees a young Cole, a little kid, baby Bruce Willis 
watching himself in the future get Whoa, shot to death. That's why the dream happened. That's why them dream happened. So wow. this is like, I didn't hate this movie, but I feel like this is where Terry Gilliam started to turn for me, where he like goes from like the whimsy of Baron Munchausen and Time Bandits and like Brazil to the like modern day Terry Gilliam, where we sure. get like Brothers Grimm and the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Uh, was he Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus? Okay. I yeah. will tell you that I think this might be the only Terry Gilliam. Oh, never mind. Monty Python, of course. And the yeah, Holy yeah, Grail. He's, yeah. Monty Python. He was his. Uh, thing, but but yeah. besides for that, those are the only two. I know you're a big Munchausen fan. Time um, Bandits, I think, was my favorite Gilliam movie. Okay, I'll need to see it sometime. Um, it was uh, bizarre and weird, but uh, yeah, yeah. So um, this is basically the story of uh, another subway car. Okay. Uh, a love a love across time that he is uh doing these ridiculous gestures to try and preserve but <sighs> ultimately futile because the woman is well she's interested in the movie but I don't think this like yeah and the, the gritty aesthetic matches the video personally it's ultimately meaningless and uh he keeps trying to spray paint the, the future keeps trying to spray paint these 12 monkeys onto this uh virus but it turns out they just wanted to release a lot of monkeys. Sure. Sure. I feel so bad that you have to you're saddled with these now songs that don't have any like context or any anything to them so you like all right this is a song about spray painting a car what sci-fi movie is it and you're like uh, well, your I mean, the, the, definitely the the spray paint aesthetic is like i would say that like the 12 monkeys aesthetic is graffiti like it is a it is the graffiti of movies like it is just kind of spray painted across your eyes and it's kind of dark and gritty and interesting um, okay very herb everything is super urban sure 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 um, yeah and i mean they live under fucking ground they live in a subway yeah, fuck. That's a good point, too. All right. You convinced me. I like it. Good job, bud. I don't need to convince you. This is just <laughs> the truth. It's the truth. It's the and truth. Now it's time to rate this song. <laughs> As usual, we rate this song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes this song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better. So, Ev, on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed, where does this song fall for you? before quarantine where people used to have like 80s and 90s themed parties yes i do i think i've been to like one of them and it was like somebody's birthday who was born in the you know who was a 90s kid and i, I guess i was a 90s kid as well so like i could get the aesthetic and they bought like now and laters and like all the stuff and oh, that's fun so they're like yeah, my friend let's call him aaron mccart let's call her aaron mccarley okay good is having a, a 90s themed birthday party um and what she's done is she's gonna kid out her house everyone's wearing their 90s clothes so i'm wearing my like my gin blossom shirt and my fucking here i am in my wallet chain again and my like baggy pants and uh sandals and backwards fucking hat but you know that sure. sort of stuff and then uh um she's kitted out her house but what she's done is she's a musician and all of her friends are musicians and she's like what we're gonna do is i'm gonna send everybody pro tools okay. and samples of all these like things that i've done on my guitar or samples of my voice samples of, and we're gonna each of you has to make me i don't want presents i want you to all to make me a song that's for my fun i love that and she said i don't care if they're good or not but uh, we're gonna cut an album a okay. 90s album okay. at, my, at my birthday so like um i love so that. i'm like I know how to play music. I know how to use like pro tools, like, but I am not a mu I'm not, I'm not a songwriter. I'm not anything like that. So I'm like desperately cobbling something together. And I'm like, I'm going to make it sound like this. I'm going to make it sound like that. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, well, I shouldn't be wearing this shirt. I need to change this out. I need to change because I need to, I need to reflect what this song is perfectly in my, okay. uh, in my dress because I have to sell it in the room. Sure. Like, 
because what's going to happen is like um you know like steve in that one song that i don't remember the title of they're going to put a mic my put my mixtape on the party and everyone's going to be i want like i want like people to like nod along with the song rather than be like oh yeah that was good right 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 okay sure i don't know what song it so is so i'm like you know i'm gonna sell this in the room with a costume i'm gonna wow. dress like let's say i'm gonna dress sexy kurt cobain okay all right sure how uh just like fewer tighter clothes how i'm trying you... to think of yeah i'm trying a to think big sexy v-neck kurt... Yeah, I'm, okay. So I've got my I've got my shirt on. I've got my flannel, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to uh, put cigarette burns all over it so Love that it, it reveals uh, little patches of little patches of skin. Sure. Uh, I'm gonna wear my assless jeans. Love that. Yes. My assless my assless baggy jeans. Good. But of course, I've got like, like boxer shorts on on under. Okay. Them. So good, I'm good, not good. I'm not I'm not a nudie. And then uh, I'm gonna wear my type Converse, but I'm gonna rip the bottoms out. Very so, good. So my feet are completely, uh, uh, and then I'm going to use my quarantine hair and have a long, nice, nappy, slappy, crappy wig. Very good. <laughs> what? Uh, like my hair is going to be all long and um, kind of like lank is the word I'm looking for. Link? Lank. Oh, okay. Lank and like I don't like I don't use uh, a conditioner part. or I sure. use too much conditioner. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm just going to go use only conditioner <laughs> for. Um, uh, for a week for oh, a week so my hair is just just oh. lays flat against my oh scalp my God. it's one of those like you can put water on it and no water absorbs it just rolls right. off like a duck's back like a duck's back and then i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna go to the party i'm gonna play this song and everyone's gonna go huh okay but <laughs> but yes my costume man my costume your costume rocks uh, the rocks the boat okay so did, uh, do you think you sold it in the room no Okay, you failed. My song is easily the worst. Oh, no. Okay, well, you tried. You're a good musician. Your song would be great. I believe in you. Um, Ev, for me, uh, I am... Um, quarantine is over. And I'm going to the fucking street fair. Because I miss street fairs. I'm going to eat some street food. I'm going to look at people's... Is this a uh, themed street fair? Is it like the Italian festival? Is it like... Uh, it's, um, it's like the... Uh, it's Talladega the, Nights. It's like the, the doodah. Uh, it's the oh, okay. real... It's like a, a community festival. It's ComFest. I'm going to ComFest. Okay. okay. Columbus natives know. Um, so I'm at ComFest and I'm kind of walking around and there's all these... Comfest, there's some wild people there. There's people who are just uh, on the lawn smoking pot and they're topless and whatever. And uh, and I see this person and um, uh, and they're dressed in like a, a tight T-shirt and very tight pants. Uh, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. This person is, you know, boy, that's like tight shirt. And the closer I get, we're walking down the road towards each other. And I see like as I look, I'm like, Oh, that's not tight. That's just spray paint. This person has spray painted uh, a costume onto them, but I can see all their bits, all their bits. And as you know, in Columbus, Evan, it is, of course, legal to be topless, but it is illegal. The cops are here at ComFest. To be bottomless. To be bottomless. And the cops go to this person and they say, you have to put on. And they're like, okay, I got this. I got this. They turn to their friend. Their friend pulls the exact same. They look another coat. Exactly. It's a pair of shorts. It looks exactly the same. They, They say, oh, you want me to put this? on something and they put it on they say what's different what's different nothing nothing's different 
but uh, it's a par- they say fuck you cops <laughs> and this is a uh, this is a they're the topless and just the wearing, cops like beat them beat the shit out of them <laughs> out and of face them. them in the face yeah because our cops are bastards they are um but yeah this is just a tight pair of shorts for me bro this song wow. ruled I love well, this tight song. pair of shorts and textured spray paint textured spray paint you are correct yes there is some textured spray paint on here um. We'll be right back wow. with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Let's get on with it. <laughs> hey, Ev. I've been thinking a lot. And? Like usual. And I'm wondering, do you think they get the person who does, like, Pikachu's voice back into the, back into the, like, the recording booth every fucking episode? Like, do you think, like... I mean, do you just like do an A reel of Pikachu going Pikachu and like Pikachu and like you only like you only need about an hour of somebody saying it in different ways and going meow meow like and then you just loop that forever like you don't ever need to record. Do you think they they, they actually bring that person back into the booth and make them record every episode? I am almost certain that they do because she is fucking super famous in Japan and people love her and she'll do like live versions of the voice. I know she re-records it for shit like Smash Brothers like because Pikachu's in there so they get her in the studio to record new lines because I think it's like that famous talented voice actor Vin Diesel like mm-hmm. the ways in which he twists I am Groot and turns it and puts it on its head like sometimes you need a certain Pika Pika for a certain situation you can't just do like a confused Pika Pika dot mp3 just plug it in here because like maybe sometimes a Pika Pika is oh not God. gonna how much how much like a she's like is she like the most famous like is she more famous than like the girl who does Ash or whatever I, I mean, I don't so know. So, like, how does she have like cachet? Is she like, does she get to like sign off on scripts and stuff? Like, no, I don't think Pika would, Pikachu would be like <laughs> he confused here. <laughs> sure, I would bet. I would almost bet that she's got. She is Pikachu. Um, All right. Yeah, um, man. Yeah. Like, so like, what about the guy who does like Machamp? <laughs> <laughs> That's actually the same woman. Bizarrely, <laughs> Machamp. It's like a, she's got um, range. What's that fucking? Uh, Emerging Moon, like the Japanese metal band where the woman does all the vocals and it's pretty awesome. Oh, really? Does it sound like she does all sorts of different voices? Yeah, she does like the, it's like Japanese um, pop metal. Oh, cool. And so she does like the, she does like the, the pop voice and then she does like the rah, 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 and then she'll just rah, rah, rah. Like, That's so cool. It's, it's I love that. Cool. I'm going to have to listen to it. Uh, and we're going to put a little, no, we're not going to put a little in right here. Um... So, yeah, I think so. Do you think, Ev, if you voiced an incredibly famous character, that you would start to cross over into that character? Do you, like, do you think the one who plays Pikachu is, like, is told so much, like, I am Pikachu, you are Pikachu, that she starts to believe that, like, she, she can, is... like, shoot electricity and she needs to have a small boy to tell her what to do? I mean, do you think? <laughs> do you think what happened to you? If you no. voiced Conan the Barbarian... In the oh, Conan animated great. series, would you? Do you feel like you would start to be that Which person? Which Conan the Conan the Adventurer? Which Conan animated series are we talking about? The new about? one they're making. Oh, sweet. Um, oh, man, I don't think so because I don't, I, I don't really have the body. I don't look like him or have the body type of him. Or okay. I'm like a tall, lanky, you know, piece of shit. Okay. And, <laughs> How I describe you to all of my friends who don't know you? Tall, lanky piece of shit. <laughs> But yeah, I don't think so. I think if I like, like I, if I were like Jason Momoa and I was voicing Conan, 
Sure. Yeah. And I wasn't starring. I hadn't starred in that abortive, you know, 2011 Conan movie. Oh, was there a new one? I totally forgot. Yeah, it was. It was like Jason Momoa, Ron Perlman, and oh, good uh, God, it was McGowan. I think was in that. Weird. It was not. It had good parts in it. Okay. And that's all I'll say about it. Okay. Like all right. the the conceit was. The conceit was fundamentally okay, but then like they just went to like a Sci-Fi Channel original movie CGI fest. Sure, it wasn't it wasn't great. Yeah, sounds right. About you know, if I were voicing Pikachu, there is one podcast that I would listen to, and that is of course, Champs in the Making. That's right, Champs in the Making with a revolving table of voices from all over the Orange Groves Network. We use a bracket to find out the best Pokemon of all. Uh, How many voices are on the Orange Groves Network? Well, in this picture, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 people that have been on the podcast. Nice. And I know there's more hosts. You, for example, have never been on the podcast, but you're an Orange Groves host. Uh, and we got to get you on one of these epos. Oh. <laughs> I've done two, and I don't know shit about Pokemon. Well, I know a lot about Pokemon, but I don't want to do any. Well, what the fuck, man? I've made some real controversial, shitty decisions, I think, on that show. That were Like what? Like, uh, te- tease, the, tease the listeners with, with your most Saker's hottest take. There is like a really like cool ass horse Pokemon. And I was like, it was going against Krabby. And I was like, Krabby's cool, man. Krabby's a fucking angry crab. And they were like, yeah, but this other Pokemon changes with the seasons. And depending on when you catch it, it looks different. It has a different beautiful mane. And I was like, yeah, but look at the other little snipper motherfucker. He looks cool as hell. <laughs> I guess the question is like, are they are these Pokemon fighting or are they just like they're just deciding what the coolest Pokemon is? That's a great question that I have asked before, and I think it's just which is the best. They're not fighting because oh. some of them are like 700 feet tall and canonically would just like lay on the other one and kill them. Um, but yeah, I think it's just which is cooler. It okay. seems to be a a constant. The constant question on the show is, how tall is this Pokemon? Can I ride this Pokemon? And that's a real deciding factor for a lot of the hosts. Is like, if I can ride it, I think it's gonna win. So like, their their judgment is is totally anthropocentric. So they're like, 100%. is this is this Pokemon useful to me, pleasing to me? They're not judging these Pokemon, like, on their own merits, like objectively. They're, ju- they're This is a totally subjective and biased viewing. I mean, in the same way that we objectively rate. Bernicud Ladies. I mean, yeah, that, that fodder but, is your favorite Bernicud Ladies song. But it is. But um, Bernicud Ladies are humans creating songs for humans. Pokemon are not human. But it's humans who've created them for humans. Wait, so the, the conceit of this show is that Pokemon don't exist? I mean, we're not. It's not like an in universe rating show. They're talking about whether or not they can fucking ride one. They obviously believe Pokemon are real. <laughs> you say things with such conviction that I do get concerned for you sometimes. I'm concerned for the people on uh, Champs in the Making. <laughs> That's me. They live in a dream world. I, I enjoy visiting that dream world for 40 minutes every two weeks. That's right. On the 1st and 15th of every month, you can hear Champs in the Making. Wow. Right? It's, man, a bi-weekly release schedule. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds real laid back my other podcast Sounds like those guys are just people, those folks are just easy breezy recording podcasts whenever the mood strikes them. that's truly twice a month that's hardly that's, that's a time they couldn't call that work no uh it seems very very simple and easy Wouldn't and that be nice 40 minutes twice nice? a month 
we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. And we're whack. Oh, but we work like new. <laughs> what? Uh, time we spin that big wheel and figure out what it is this week. The segment we are doing this week is called One Little Slip. One Little Slip. This is our newest segment. Create a movie from this song. Use one sentence to describe each of the three acts and a tagline that's a non-chorus line from the song. You, this sounds like one you've come up with. You know what? This was one that was come up with by our friend Cliff B, uh, who was oh. on the Cell, Cell, Cell episode. Uh, so create a movie from this song. Cliff Use Bree's one. Throwing us a throwing us a curve here. He okay. he's a big fan. Um, use a sentence to describe. He also says he feels like he's thrown out of his body whenever he's mentioned on this podcast. So Cliff, I hope that this has. I hope uh, you tore your soul from your <laughs> physical form. Uh, use one sentence to describe each of the three acts and a tagline. So let's let's pull three sentences from this song and a tagline that's non non chorus. Well, let's pick our our hatred our most hated and loved sentences so okay it looks whack but it's compact i'm sliced alone and then what was the one you really liked um oh, oh the, I'm uh, the i'm the patron saint of urban gardens in bloom damn that's pretty good okay so those are the three so what's our movie so where where do we start uh we start do we go chronologically through the song my backpack was faded black but now it's all blue that's that's the act one of this movie Yes. Okay. And the movie is called The Backpack. Okay, very good. I'm sorry, real quick. The tagline for the movie is Soon the World Will See. Oh, wait, that's Every a chorus. Subway line. Star, colon, the ballad of Jared Fogel. Okay, very good. <laughs> um, now, what's the tagline? It has to be something um, that's non chorus. How about chemically removed? The Backpack. Nope, that's not good. Glasses uh, raised. Glasses raising. Glasses raised. Oh, I did it for you. I did it for you. I did Perfect. it for you. Okay. All right. So act one is the backpack. Act two is sliced alone. Act three is the patron saint. So um, it's about a backpack. Is it a magic backpack? I think that it's like a, it's like a sisterhood of the traveling pants sort of thing. Okay. Where it's like the, um, the brotherhood of the, so the backpack contains things. Uh-huh. And I guess it is a magic backpack. Okay, okay. A bag um, of holding. Because it's, it's, like a, it's like a reverse needful things where it kind of shows, it's kind of like a pay, a pay it forward thing, uh, a childhood. So you get you get the thing that the last person needed. Is that how it works? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works in needful things where they give you shit that makes you horrible. But this is like a, this is like a feel good. This is like a chicken soup for, the, for Cliff B's soul. Okay, got it, got um, it. And uh, so it's a backpack that sort of, the, the movie follows the backpack as it goes through different people's lives and affects them for the better. We'll okay, say. interesting. All right. So as our movie opens, so is this a vignette? Is this like a creep show for Chicken Soup? It's sort of like a vignette, but but we can do like a uh, um, a magnolia thing where we see all their lives intersecting yes. in different ways. Love that. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, this is a uh, it was faded black, but now it's all blue. So does the, the backpack changes its look for each owner as well? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So this is the first kid who has it. I think it's a kid. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gets the backpack because oh, he's he's going on a cross country trip because he's um his let's say dad has died Mm -hmm. and he's going to visit his uh estranged mom or he's going to live with his mom who he's he hasn't seen in years so this is a real the wizard scenario he's cross-countrying it alone maybe with a couple friends 
Yeah, um, yeah. He's young. He, they're very young. Maybe like 10, yes. 11 years old. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I like that. All right. Mm-hmm. So it gives them what do they need and what do they get? Maybe they get like two uh, Greyhound tickets. So that, like it makes... Well, they. I mean, they've got the Greyhound ticket. They need, he needs a way to connect with his mom because his mom is sure. like a... She's a... She's a scientist and she works too hard all the time. Yes. So he pulls the cure for cancer out of the backpack. (laughs) Mom, you don't have to work so hard anymore. He's got a... uh, He's got an interest. We'll say um, classic NES games. Okay. And uh, she... And so he gets across the country. He doesn't like he, he learns a bit on the way because mm-hmm. this is to be a vignette. So we're only like we're talking like twenty minutes here. Got it. So the thing is him trying to connect with his mom, but she is so distant until he pulls, of course, Doctor Mario from the backpack. Oh, I remember playing and then that she with you. Realizes that that you can learn about pills and viruses <laughs> sure. in the context of classic NES games. Sure. And so the last scene of the thing is uh, them playing Doctor Mario together and uh, like bonding for the first time as mother and son. Oh man, as falling and, for the first uh, time. As place. the backpack, as the wind picks up the backpack and it swirls, swirls away. away, and it lands in the front lawn of Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone comes out of his mansion in the morning. What's this backpack doing here? <laughs> what's your... What's your... It's a backpack doing here. <laughs> Fucking the ultimate mush mouth. Yeah. I'm put a backpack on my back. Uh, so, uh, he thinks it's beautiful for him. It looks like this, like fucking military. It's camo. It's one of those sling over your shoulder, like saddlebags. Or it's a giant boxing glove. Uh, Sure. sure. It's a boxing glove backpack. I'm sure those exist. Yeah. 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 100% they do. Uh, and of course, Sly's problem is that he has not had a hit movie since uh he was removed from the Creed franchise. Well, he's he's not a leading man anymore. Yeah. Okay. So he's not a leading man. So the back. So it goes back. It goes back, and he, he takes the backpack in, and he's just watching all of his old classics. He's watching. You see, like a little montage. He watches Rambo. He mm-hmm, watches Rocky. Mm-hmm, he watches. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the one with? It was Throw Mama from the Train. I don't know. It was with Twins. What's the one with him and? Uh, and uh, who? One where he does like where it's him and somebody else. <laughs> I see you pulling up Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You can think of it. So here's what happens: is he he's watching all these old movies, and then he's like thinking like, I wish I could be a uh, what is it? Wish I could be a leading man again. Oh, that's Arnold. I've slipped into. Um, and he's reaching in this backpack and absentmindedly pulling out popcorn to eat it. But then <laughs> he pulls out what is this? A script. And the script is, the byline is, it says, written by Sylvester Stallone. It's a script that ostensibly he has written. And it's like an aging, sort of like the bucket list. Like, this is a movie that you're going to sink into in your 60s and Stop your 70s. Stop or My Mom Will Shoot is it, the movie that I was thinking. <laughs> what the fuck? Weird movie to pull. <laughs> so, but the thing is, he's already done that with Expendables. He's already had his, he'd already, he's already had his comeback. Wow. Okay, but was he a leading man in that? I feel like he was just like yes. Okay, very I've never much seen so. him. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, he wasn't like the mentor um, figure to Jason Statham. He was the boss of the mercenary team. Oh, all right, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, but this is him like this is him like finally playing winning, against, playing against type, winning an Oscar. Exactly. Like he's but, gonna do like. Yeah. But the thing is, like, um, the first the first like thing is you need to cut. 40 pounds okay like you need to you need to not work out for this because we're showing we're playing you against type sure and you need to get like a, a oh, emaciated speech, a speech coast yeah a speech coat coat coach oh who needs a speech coach <laughs> yes Me. absolutely mm-hmm. um yeah uh, who needs speech you're never, never gonna, gonna get, get it. it uh good and then 
The backpack is picked up by the wind. <laughs> Are we done no, with Sly's well, he segment? Takes it to the, he takes it to the premiere of this movie, and we see the audience sitting down. And um, then the back he sets the backpack down, but he's actually set it on like a trolley or something, like a trolley cart that they're bringing like uh, sure. snacks to everybody. And then it accidentally it goes away, and mm-hmm. it is picked up by... The patron saint of Urban Gardens. The patron in saint of Urban Renewal. I don't know. Uh-huh. And so this is, uh, this is an old woman who uh, has a rooftop garden in Brooklyn, and she's really maybe she's struggling to get by her she can't afford her medication and food and so she has to make this garden even though her joints hurt and like she can't it's it's a struggle to maintain these carrots on the top of this building and then so the backpack is just full of money is what you're saying sure yeah absolutely she just pulls out hun- stacks of hundred dollar <laughs> bills hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah uh and she's fine and also the cure for her cancer is in there as well and then we loop back <laughs> around to the first well no what happens is oh no we've got a we got to the magnolia stuff so the kid and the mom playing dr mario develop the cure for cancer cure the woman's cancer mm-hmm. um she Shh. is sylvester stallone's mom oh shit and then it's estranged starts... mom it's see, this is a, this is oh, a movie fuck. about reuniting moms with with sons oh, and then bridging it, the... it starts raining frogs can we just can we make it start raining frogs at the yeah, end? And, a, and a, uh, a scuba diver dies. And a scuba diver dies. That's a good ass movie. I actually really love Magnolia. Yeah, Magnolia's <laughs> great. Great. Thanks. Thanks, Cliff. Cliff. <laughs> and also, you're welcome. Now it's time to take a question from our friends, our fans, our ridiculous little radishes. Uh, you can email us. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. We need them quest shows, so please toss them through. This is a question from our friend, Daniel H. He says, Here's my bare naked male question. If each member of Bare Naked Ladies were a piece of meat, what type would each of them be? <laughs> <laughs> to the point. Thank you, Daniel H. Thank um, you. Oh, boy. This is a hard one. Um, I feel like Ty... I feel like... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, Ty is ground chuck right yeah he's some like 80 20 or maybe 90 10 like real oh no no no, the worst so 70 70, 30 30 ground chuck yeah yeah he's just like you could make a fucking sloppy ass greasy burger out of time yes meatloaf oh boy oh boy um jim is of course Uh, impossible burger i was gonna say like lean chicken oh sure sure he could be lean chicken too because he's a he's good with pretty much anything right he can fit with a lot of different meals he can he can fit with a lot of different uh configurations but but you don't just want to eat chicken sure right right you're not gonna go like go to a restaurant like i'll just have the chicken breast yeah yeah no sides thank you very much and i think it's really easy to to ruin him right Mm -hmm. like it's very easy to dry out chicken it's very easy to have a bad gym song um yeah okay good uh i think that ed is what's the most reliable he's like a flank steak yeah, or a strip steak a strip steak. yes 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 yeah. yes thank you yeah yeah he's a strip steak he's like just slap him on the grill he'll do fine he'll sizzle all american fucking just like <laughs> all canadian all canadian the classic uh strip steak ed robertson which leaves you my friend what do you think kev is i think kev is uh like lamb <laughs> i do like he's a shank of lamb <laughs> or like a suckling pig oh no yeah he's veal almost certainly oh god he's definitely veal yeah yeah he's a he's so t- 
He's so tender. He's a he's a meatball made of suckling pig and veal. You just mash them up together and you roast it in the oven. Fuck, it's good. Oh, Fuck, you it's you good. But you don't grind it. You slice them very thin. Yeah. And you weave them together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> using uh, using like the fat from a duck. You you like <laughs> use a needle and you thread all those together. Delicious. Hold, hold held together with a. Uh, um... Goose sinew. <laughs> Foie gras and a whisper. Please stay together. <laughs> oh, and that's it. That's all the pieces. We That was the quickest email question we've ever done. If Steve, if Steve were to be a cut of meat, what oh, would it be? Man, see, we kind of always have to go back to what's rich and unhealthy, and but it's not ground chuck. It's like um, maybe, um like a, like a like rack a... of ribs. Yeah, or like brisket, something super brisket. fatty that takes a long time to a long time to cook. Why does he take a long time to cook? He's not for everybody, but it can make it, you can make him taste good. For sure, you can. Yeah, I think he tastes great. Um, yeah, he's got a bunch of burnt ends on him. Yes, that's true. Maybe Steve is like one of those like uh, barbecue brisket packets that you can pick up from Kroger. That are like, they could be like really bad or they can be really good or like, but mm. they're, they're quick when you need them. They're there for you. Um, and they're, they're tasty. I mean, I think they're pretty consistent. Um, I don't know. I'm j- I've, I've, I've contradicted myself already by saying Steve they could is, be better. Steve is beef liver. All right. Not for everybody. Very, very rich, very rich and not for everybody. Sure. All right. I like that. Beef liver it is. Congrats, <laughs> Steve. You have the distinction of being beef liver. <laughs> And Andy is hot dogs. <laughs> I was ready to move on. <laughs> hot dogs. Do you say hot dogs or hot dogs? Hot dogs. I say hot. Hot dogs. I say hot dogs. Hot, hot, hot dogs. dogs. It's Ohioan. Hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. I get the hot. I get the hot. Yeah. 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 So same with like milk and pillow. Throw milk? those e's in there. Milk. 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 I say milk. 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 milk? I say milk. milk. I say milk. Okay. This is great pod. And we've done it, Ev. <laughs> Another successful episode of It's All Been Done, a Bernicked Ladies well, podcast. Well, success is up to our listeners to decide. No, well, I think we can define our own success. You don't think so? Listeners, if you think this episode was successful, um, just give us a little golf clap Give right us a golf now. clap. Or give us a five-star rating on iTunes, just like our friend J.P. Wattsticks. J.P. Watt. It could be J.P. Wattsticks. Could be J.P. Watts Tax. Could be J.P. Watts Texas. Favorite podcast about my dot, dot, dot. Five stars. <clears throat> oh, thank you, JP. I learned about this podcast when Justin McElroy was on. The premise was immediately interesting to me, so I didn't listen to his episode first. I started at the beginning because I'm a completionist. Sorry. By the time I got to Justin's episode, his presence was a pleasant surprise. That's how into this show I was. I forgot why I started listening in the first place. Oh, he may have made a mistake you. because every Wednesday, this is now the show I rushed to listen to first. We come out on Tuesdays, so that's weird, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm 23. I was raised on BNL. Songs that I've been listening to since I was a child are now completely different because listening to the host discusses them. Oh, sorry. Listening to the hosts discuss them forces me to actually pay attention to what I'm listening to. I'm only slightly dreading when they get to Grinning Streak, which is one of my favorite albums. I don't know what will happen once I actually start thinking about the songs. Oh man, I feel bad. Like Why? As I've said many, many times on this podcast, like the best way to like... To, to, to do bnl is to listen to their music and enjoy it sure. not like <laughs> analyze it deeply not like play uh, operation on it yeah you know hour 40 minute episode about a three minute song <laughs> sure yeah. yeah uh yeah so thank you jp i assume that's your name um that ruled what a great sweet little review do you think he's related to jp morgan the, uh, uh 
Yeah, people that's how things who share work, first, like first, name. first names. That's correct, yes. <laughs> um, you can uh, join us on Facebook. It's all been Unbreakable Ladies Podcast. On Twitter, at Been Done Pod. Uh, join the Orange Grove's uh, Podcasting Network. Or Discord. Talk to us. We're in the notes. And we love to talk to our friends, our fans, our funky little foo-foos. Um, Ebbo, what do you got to plug this week? Drying. Ooh, what do you like to dry? Pretty much everything. I don't really like to be covered. Like, I don't like anything wet. That's why you wear me. so much conditioner, right? So that things just fall off of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like to, you know, like that uh, um, stuff you put on, you, you have to rub into your windshield to like make the rain. Yeah. Uh, I just replace all of my soaps and shampoos with that. Okay, I see. My body is lacquered. <laughs> let me tell you that. I crackle when I move. It's but true. Yeah. Dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The doctors say there is a problem with your sweat and you will die in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. But I have to walk around with my mouth open the whole time like <laughs> you a dog. Pant like a I fucking pant. dog. Yeah. If you died, who would I replace you with? Or would the podcast just stop? Hmm. I think you'd have to replace me with uh with me. Yeah. Oh, sure. Replace you with you. The nice version of you from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> when Saker summoned the wrong ghost. Oopsie doopsie. Uh, I'm going to plug, speaking of a few episodes ago, check out ScreenRex.com. That's right, ScreenRex.com for all your screen recommendations. Ambo, has been a fun one. You going to recommend anything? ScreenRex. I don't know. What can I recommend? Our band is working on our album. We're Ooh, nice. uh, like 10 songs in, I think we have down. We're going to write two more songs, then start recording, and then we'll have a Kickstarter, and then I'll have something wow. to plug. After every album, you you say, I don't know. This, I think this is our last album. We're just going to release like maybe singles from now on. And then here you are six months from there, like another album. Yeah, we write. Long album. It's been like two years, by the way. <laughs> six months is very generous. It feels like only yesterday I was listening to your oh, most recent man. album. I think we're gonna we're running up on Bare Naked Ladies. We've almost matched their number of albums, so we're getting there. That's my goal, oh, well, eventually. Oh, Borat. That's what I'm plugging this week. Watch Borat on Amazon Prime. Uh, mm. <laughs> Ebbo, this has been a blast. I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And Still. I'll be you again. One week, we'll be.